0: Hello, this is Pastor Kenny White, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Today we have an interview for you between Pastor Jeff Fuller and me. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan YouTube page. If you're interested in more information about our church, please check out our website. The link is in the description. Enjoy the rest of the video.
1: Kenny, glad to have you. Uh, For those watching, this is Kenny White. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church, to find This interview in its entirety with Kenny, the voice white, or Fine Sunday sermons, other things taking place, interviews, and all things Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Currently, our website is under construction hopeforvermont.org. But Kenny, so good to have you. How are you? I'm glad to be here. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. We're going to get into it because beginning tomorrow, September 1st, you are coming on staff at Living Hope Wesleyan Church as an assistant pastor. It's a part time role. And we're excited for you but uh, before you talk about your great um not anxiety but your great gratitude to be working with me i just want to back (laughs) up uh when did you first feel like you were called into vocational ministry
0: Uh, it was when i was in college um i went to college to be a high school history teacher and uh it was a couple probably two years in i had done some stuff in the public schools and I just wasn't feeling it, um, and uh, but I was just going through with it because it's it's what I was doing, and uh, so it was probably about my sophomore or junior year is when um, I uh, I guess I had my my come to Christ moment. Um, I mean I was nominal growing up, um, and. Uh, And I really started, you know, going to church and, uh, and all that stuff. And there's a, there's a whole nother story behind that. If you want to hear that someday. Um, and, uh, so, uh, we, I guess I realized at that moment that God had always been calling me to teach. Um, I just didn't know what he wanted me to teach until I, uh, I really knew who he was and, um. Yeah, that was when I first realized, you know, what ministry is where I'm supposed to be, you know, teaching people about God, His Word, and the Gospels.
1: So, Kenny, you went to Eastern Nazarene College in Quincy, Mass. Where did you grow up?
0: I grew up on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Um, So, uh, uh,
1: if you haven't been there,
0: um, and I don't know if anyone out there has been there very often, a lot of people have because it's a tourist destination. That's basically where I was going. It's a tourist destination.
1: So uh, share with me a little bit. Do you have siblings? Your parents are married, divorced. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian family? Just share I, about I, that.
0: Yeah, I do. I have, um, I have my two parents. Um, they're still married, um, and I have my sister, uh, who is a couple years older than me. And uh, I, I would probably consider us nominal Christian. I grew up Catholic, um, and uh, you know, I went to we went to church every Sunday until probably i was in sixth grade um i went to ccd um which is basically for those of you don't know it's a catholic version of youth group or whatnot basically Mm -hmm. and um so did all of that and um i think right around sixth grade my my parents um finally just gave up because my sister and i just complained a lot about having to go to the church and so we just we stopped going and then we would go you know once a year on on christmas Um, so, you know, we were still, um, you know, a Christian household, but not, um, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a big focus, but it was sort of something that we felt every Christmas, you know, it's what Christmas is about. So we go to church on Christmas.
1: How old were you when you stopped going to youth group?
0: Uh, sixth grade. So actually, I don't even think I made it. It was probably fifth grade was my last year that I went. Um, so however old that is probably 10 or
1: 11. I kind of find that uh, ironic or amusing because God led you into a youth ministry and children's uh, ministry role. Can you just talk about that role with reaching kids that uh, you actually left the church before uh, you personally got to experience it? What was that like? Did you ever think about that?
0: I think that's a lot of the reason why I ended up getting into it uh, (laughs) is because of the fact that—so when I I really became a Christian— was as i said my sophomore year of college so for most people that would have been you know they're like a year removed from youth group and uh when i so i started going to started going to i'm trying to remember uh, i guess i started going to youth group and this is where things are sort of all over the place i did go to youth group my senior year of high school um at the what would i would consider my church home church um because the girl i liked went there um (laughs) But I, I don't really consider myself as having been someone who really actually, you know, embraced the gospel and was going to church for non completely, you know, selfish reasons um, until I was in college. So I did have a year of youth group, which probably did help guide me there a little bit. But there definitely is an element of, you know, I I missed out on what I saw in one year could have been an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to help kids to be able to, to learn about God and grow in their faith, um, as well as to just experience the fun that is youth group, um, and not experience maybe some of the not so fun things that I, because I wasn't at youth group.
1: Yeah. Um, hey, to stay right there, talking about the love of your life, uh, evidently not the girl that you went to youth group for, but you did meet uh, Kellen at ENC. Yep. Can you just talk about once you met Kellen, but you found out about her family structure, her parents have been friends of ours for years and years and years, but just coming from that solid faith foundation, how important was that for you in looking for a wife and finding Kellen there at ENC?
0: it was definitely important. Um, and, uh, I, I would say that Kellen was probably the first person that I dated where that was something that was important. It was something that I was really looking for. Um, and I, I credit that a lot to why, you know, we are, we've lasted so well together. Um, and, uh, yeah, it definitely was, it was something that was important and something that, you know, when we went, when I would come and visit them, cause, uh, cause she's, three years younger than me. I think three. Um, and so I was a senior in college when she was a freshman. So she had four years in college and I was gone. And so I would go and visit her during the summer for like a week or a weekend. And, um, you know, going to church with her family on Sundays was something that I hadn't experienced with anyone that I had dated before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it definitely was, um, a different experience for me, but I felt that of all the, it was the best one. I mean, it. It showed me, you know, this, it was a a wholesome family unit. Um, And uh, I definitely appreciated it as, as, you know, someone looking at it more from an outside perspective um, and it just from a a personal perspective, uh, I find it just helped me to get to know her family more. I mean, there's nothing like when you're getting to know someone's family to be able to talk to them for a half an hour on your way to church, go to a small group with them, sit with them in church, and then go home with them. Um, And uh, I found because you find when when you're dating someone, you're not spending you're not going to spend time with their parents. Like right. that's not the purpose. is I'm gonna go visit you and then go hang out with your parents all weekend. And so you had that time where you had no choice. And so I found it was a really good time to get to know uh, her family.
1: Uh, when you first were approached at your um, vocational ministry stop ministry position, how excited were you? What were your thoughts when you first uh, began vocational ministry as hired staff in Vermont?
0: I was ecstatic. Um we were so excited that we just I remember this is a this is a funny story. Um we were really excited. Um you know, we were we I'd moved to Vermont when we got married. And so we were unemployed. We were just living with Kellen's parents, unemployed. Not really sure what we we're doing. We were living up in Bakersfield. So there's not really jobs unless you want to I don't know, farm or make maple syrup. Um and so we were trying to figure out what we we're gonna do. Are we gonna move to Burlington? Are we gonna we didn't and so we we had talked to the you know we got a job offer, we were ecstatic. We actually went and found some um uh, the, the sparkling apple cider, which is whatnot. And we were like, Oh, let's have some apple cider as our way to celebrate because we're, we don't drink. And so we'll have apple cider. Um, yeah, it was from our, our, was it from our wedding or it was from before? It was like three years old. Uh, we didn't look at it. So we, we <laughs> took a, we're like, apples and like, immediately spit it all out. Um, but we were just really excited and just wanted to celebrate. And I don't know, I find that that just shows how, how excited we were. And we were just, uh, We were really, really excited and felt like, I mean, I graduated from college in 2014, and uh, I worked at a bank for three years while applying to ministry jobs while working on my master's degree in ministry. And to just finally see it play out where here was a full-time, 40-hour-a-week youth ministry, um, we were ecstatic.
1: So I have to back up a little bit. Farming and especially that of brewing, or I guess it's making maple syrup. uh, Joey would have a fit if I talked about brewing maple syrup. Are worthy vocations, worthy, worthy vocations, especially that of making the maple syrup. Hey, so it's been said that adversity uh, reveals but also grows character. Uh, When you left that ministry position, can you talk now how you've grown from that experience?
0: Yeah, um, when I left that ministry experience, I was pretty devastated. Um, And it definitely was a period of growth. Um, And I would recommend for anyone, um, and I think actually I got this advice from you, um, for anyone leaving a period of ministry to take some time. Um, to figure out because you throw so much of yourself into ministry that, um, when you're not in it anymore, you actually have a minute to figure out who you are, who your family is and where you're, where you're going and where you're going to be. And so, um, I, uh, yeah, I was at, I was at a low, a really, really low point, um, and it took me uh, months to get out. Um, I mean, for, I want to say, because we, we don't, we live 10 minutes from where I used to work. And um, to go to Walmart, you have to drive by it. And uh, I, for at least a year, I took the 15-minute route instead of the 10-minute route, just so I didn't have to drive by it. Um, so there was, there was a long period of, of hurt, of frustration, because it felt like, um, felt to me like God had, had Put me in this position. He he gifted me with the opportunity to work for him, and then all of a sudden, it got ripped away from me. And uh, there was a period I was like, "Does God not want me in ministry? Does God?" And um and I I I can see now that God wanted me in that ministry to learn something, but it wasn't a long term thing. He wanted me to learn from it so that way I could go elsewhere and used what I learned. Um and there it. There's definitely it took a long time to be able to to learn that, to understand that, um, and then to grow out of it. And as well as um, I couldn't have done it if I did it alone. And it was one of the beneficial things with being um well, it was one of the hard things of being here in Vermont. Um, you know, I had a, min- a mentor when I was on Cape Um and growing up and it was someone I met with regularly. He sort of taught me how to do ministry, put me in ministry roles and helped me to learn and grow in my um in my faith in my ministry capacity. And now being here in Vermont, um everyone that I knew, um, every person I could talk to was from this church. Um, it was sort of, it was, it was our church. It was where all our friends were, it was where everything was. So I didn't have anyone to to turn to. And, um, so just, it was sort of finding that, that mentor, that ministry person to be able to reach out to, to work through. And luckily for us, uh, you know, Kellen's family knew you and the rest is history.
1: (laughs) So besides time and finding a local church to involve yourself, uh, how did you get healing and just uh, understand the the necessity to grow and move on or move forward, I guess, from that last opportunity?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of prayer, um, a lot of spending time with God. And, um, you know, honestly, sometimes you don't look at things in your life and you it, it doesn't click like what that importance is until you go through something that realize, oh, that's what that importance is. And, um, you know, Kellen, um, Kellen had a, had a a hard experience with a church growing up. And, um, you know, to me, it was just like, okay, I don't, I don't necessarily know what you're feeling, but I'm sorry that you went through that. Um, and then, uh, having her. After we sort of went through a similar experience again, um, you know, being able to, you know, she was able to help me work through that. And it was one of those things where we were able to look back at and be like, you know, I don't know if we would have gone through this as smoothly if you hadn't had the ability to sort of talk me through what you'd been through, work with me through that. So I would say a lot of prayer, a lot of just getting into the word um, a lot of, um, even just talking things through. And then, um, you know, Kellen being able to be like, you know, I've been through something somewhat similar to this, you know, let's talk about it and you're going to be okay. I turned out fine. Uh,
1: so Kenny, I was going to ask you, as far as driving that 30 to 40 minutes, um, how has that been beneficial? And I guess the first question, how long have you been a part of a living hope Wesleyan church?
0: Uh, yeah. So, uh, we've been since, february of last year i think okay so probably about has it been longer than that
1: yeah i have no idea i have My no time, idea. especially especially with 2020 it uh I, it runs together
0: i think it's about 18 months now because i think i was talking to kellen just the other day about how we've been at living hope now longer than we were at our prior ministry oh well wow. experience um so, yeah, I want to say it's about a year and a half. And and one of the really that we found um, is the benefit to um, a 30 to 40 minute drive on the way home from church. Um, I find the ride either to or from church is when you are most apt to talk about what the sermon was about. And if, if you live five minutes from church, uh, you might you know, briefly mention some highlights and then you get home. And the moment you get home, it's, you know, the daughter wants to take a nap or eat food. The, ba- the dog is like, hello, I missed you. And you just, you go back to sort of, you've got stuff to do at home. When you've got a 40 minute drive home, you got a lot of time to really talk about, we'll take the full 40 minutes and talk about whatever the, the sermon was about that day. And, you know, wherever that ends up leading us in discussion. Um, and uh, I've I found it to be actually really nice to have that time um, to just focus on, your know, driving home and, and talking about what church was about.
1: And now with COVID, we are primarily online, or we are completely online, and you can certainly subscribe to the YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. We've been on Facebook Live, also uh, Twitter, Periscope, and Instagram just trying to bring that uh, experience home. It is different as we worship together individually. We're so fortunate to have Jesus with us wherever we are, but there's something about meeting together that is certainly special, different, makes the church uh, the body of Christ and feeling like you are connected. For you, Kenny, this online experience, this COVID-19, this pandemic, how have you dealt with the stress or anxiety that we're hearing so much about?
0: Yeah, it's been it's been tough. Um, for we have an interesting household here with dealing with that. There's an element of me. I'm like, yes, we have normalized being able to order food and not having to <laughs> see another human being. I'm like, this is great. I can I can go to the store and buy something and not have to talk to someone. Like there are times where I'm just like, I just I I need my space um my wife on the other hand is going a little stir crazy from not having been able to interact with people and i'm definitely getting to that a little bit now that we're what like six months in almost yeah. it's like all right um i've had enough of this but uh it definitely is it's a weird dynamic of there are times where it's like oh man this is so relaxing and then other times when you do leave when when you don't leave the house it's like this is great but there's definitely times when you leave the house there's so many things you have to think about. Did I, did, did I remember a mask? Did I wash my hands? Did I bring what? Not this, that, the other thing? Can I go for a walk and not wear a mask? Do I need to wear a mask? You know, we will be walking. We go for walks every day. And it's, you know, do a, you see someone walking down the street and it's basically playing chicken of who's going to move out of the way. And it's like, we, we've got the baby carriage. So hopefully you're going to move out <laughs> of the way for us. But uh, there, it's, it's, it's bizarre. The number of things, even just in regular life, that you need to think about that we didn't have to before. And then you throw on top of that, the, the, the spiritual aspect of all of it. Um, and just, you know, doing church online and, you know, it's so easy doing church online to be able to be like, he doesn't know I'm on my phone.
1: Right, uh, <laughs> right.
0: um, he doesn't, he doesn't know, you know, I, I'm still listening. I'm just, you know, it's so easy to have those temptations um that it just adds an extra element of just things that we need to worry about and i think that you know when we when we run into that situation where we're like you know so easily able to focus on other things or we're so focused on other things and we're not focused on Christ. And then we tell ourselves that we are focused on Christ, but we're not because we're so focused on other things. You can sort of run into a spiraling situation where your, your faith can be slipping, even though you don't know it's slipping because we've got so many other things to stress about. And from what I've found in my personal life, the more I have to stress about the less I'm focused on Christ um, because those other things are stressors. And I, I, I've noticed with, with COVID, it just adds another stressor that, uh, I think takes away time that we could be spent focused on Christ. And it's definitely something I've noticed in my life. And it's something I've tried to combat during this time.
1: And the reason for this interview, it's not simply to share your story with others. That's definitely a big part because I think we can learn so much from one another, but you are going to be coming on staff at living hope Wesleyan church as an assistant pastor. I'm so thankful and grateful for you, your gift set, your talents. I'm thankful that we are opposite in uh, several ways. One being, I, I am struggling with not being able to see anybody, and I eat in my car instead of eating across the table from somebody to laugh and joke with. But it's um, so good how God provides, and I think he has provided you for such a time as this, specifically in the sense that having you on staff is going to help connect our people with one another and especially to the truth of who Jesus is. For you accepting the position as assistant pastor, uh, how do you think God wants to use you, but even more, how fulfilling is it for you to be back in vocational ministry?
0: It's amazing. Um, I, it's one of those things, which is just, it's so it's hard to describe unless you've experienced the the period between ministry. Yeah. It, it, yeah it, and it's 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 you just you work so hard and you get somewhere and you're doing good you're doing god's work and it's amazing and then all of a sudden you go almost three years without it and you feel like you have all these gifts and all these things to work for and you're not able to do I mean, you're trying to question, is it because God doesn't want me to, is it because I'm supposed to do something? And, um, so it's just, it's honestly phenomenal to be able to look at in a sense, to be able to put that, that period behind me and, and start a new period in, in ministry and being able to, to, to both do ministry and, and provide for my family. while while being able to, to work in a ministry setting, um, Cause it is, it's uh. you know, I found even at the time, you know, you want to volunteer as much time as you can to be able to do stuff, but it's tough to be able to volunteer time while also working a job while also having kids while also doing this. And uh, I mean, that's one of the benefits that you have from vocational ministry is you're able to be like, all right, I, I, I have to spend 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week, five hours a week, however long it is working on ministry. And it, yeah. it definitely helps to, to streamline things. And knowing that I'm not in because sometimes it feels like this. I'm not abandoning my family to go and volunteer on this thing. It's I'm going to work and the work that I do is good.
1: But, uh, a couple of nuts and bolts things that Kenny's going to be helping us with. It's specifically the digital presence He's going to be helping with the YouTube um, and some of the other social media features, uh, upgrading, updating the website, and I'm so excited about that. Also, uh, your sweet spot where you've worked before, it's going to be with uh, youth and family ministry and coming alongside uh, Missy Semperbon, who does such a wonderful job with her children and figuring out how we can minister to the family but specifically to our kids during this time of pandemic, of social distancing, of meeting online and gathering online. And then uh, Kenny's going to be helping me with uh, small groups. We call them life groups at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. And excited to get others involved. And if you would like to get involved, please email me or send a message to Kenny. And we want to include you, incorporate you, because um, it's been said that we as a church need to be more about engagement than attendance. And definitely now, When you're trying to measure attendance online, it's uh, very, very difficult. But if we are seeing you uh, opening God's word together, praying with and for one another, it's a tremendous place to be. But Kenny, I just want to get you out on this last word, and then I'm going to ask you to pray for us. And that's simply, I was told when I was in Bible college, if you can do anything else besides vocational ministry, do it because this, quote, call of God on your life into vocational ministry is the only thing that holds you sometimes. During that transition time when you were outside of vocational ministry, how did the call of God hold you as you just processed what you had been through?
0: I think one of the ways that it held was, it was always on the background, And I used to tell Kellen every time that I got a job, be like, you know what, maybe ministry is behind me. Um, you know, I'm just going to work uh, nine to five doing whatnot and that. And in the year and, or in the two years or so between ministry um, opportunities, I think I worked seven jobs.
1: Wow.
0: Um, and the longest one was when I substitute taught full time for there was a like a five month period there where I went through like six jobs just because I'd go and I'd be like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. Um. And it was so hard. And, and it was in the in the time that I in my working life, outside of a couple, I mean, the substituting was one of the reasons it was just it was nice. Sometimes you had a short day, sometimes you had an easy class. And it was a it was a it was sort of a middle ground thing just to get me through some time. And before I got into ministry, I did banking, but I was just waiting for that ministry opportunity and and once I had it, you know, I knew that I had to to afterwards I knew I had to work to, you know, provide for my family. But man, was it hard sometimes going to work and knowing that this isn't this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And and it's one of those things that you it's so hard to explain it because a lot of people are like, just go to work, just do it, just deal with it. And it's so hard to explain because it wasn't necessarily like, I don't want to do this or I, I don't care to do this or I don't like doing this. Although a lot of those did fall into it at times, but there was a huge element of. I'm not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. Um, and some of them, like one of the ones I, I worked, a, I did a factory job, which I lasted a day and a half. I don't even think I made it through the half day of the second one. It was 10, 12 hour overnight shifts. And I, I, I quit halfway through my second day at like one o'clock in the morning. And I had gone home and I told Kellen, I was like, I, and I was like, I didn't know, but I was lying. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, I can't not do ministry. I was like I thought I'd be able to work this 4 days a week, you know, 12 hour nights 3 days a week and you know, just provide for our family and do that, but I can't. I can't do this. This is not what I'm doing. This is not what I'm called to do. I need to do ministry. And and it's weird to word things that way, but you do, you feel this pull on you. You feel this absence. You feel this and 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 I would agree with you because there were times when I did ministry before where I was like bashing my head against the wall. Why am I putting myself through this? But you end up just putting yourself through it because you know that it's what you're called to do. You know you're supposed to do it. The bad days are bad days. The good days are good days. And it's not like other jobs where you have a bad day and you want to run and hide. And, you know, you you have a bad day and you're like, that's all right. God's going to work me through this. God's going to work us through this and we're going to get through it. That I, I never felt in other jobs.
1: Oh, so good. Hey, give Kenny a follow on Twitter. Kenneth underscore white two Kenneth. I like that a lot, uh, but Kenny, I just want to ask that you uh, close us out in prayer, but before you do, I'm so excited to have you on staff at Living Hope Wesleyan Church. We as a church, as a congregation, commit to praying for you and Kellen and Clara that God would continue to provide, and again, this is a part-time, it's minimal hours position, and as God opens doors, it may open to something larger, but as you have a day job as well as doing this, we just want to keep you and your family in Prayer, but most of all, that God would continue to use that hurt um, for His glory and just bring healing. That we can use um, that experience to share others God's love for them and direction for us. But uh, Kenny, please close us in prayer. Absolutely,
0: Lord, we are just uh, so grateful for this opportunity to get together. Um, and uh, I, uh, I. I'm just grateful to you, Lord. Um, I'm grateful for this opportunity, and I'm grateful for the trust that you have put in me. Um, and I'm grateful that you've put the trust of me, for me, in, uh, in the Living Hope uh, community. Um, and I just, I, Lord, I ask that you work through me. I'm so excited to see where this, um, where this is going to go. I'm so excited to see where you're taking Living Hope. I'm so excited to see how you're gonna use me to um, to continue to grow your kingdom here on Earth through what you're working through Living Hope. And um, Lord, I am just so so eternally grateful to you. Um, I thank you so much for for everyone at Living Hope for the the encouragement that they've reached out to us, the love that they've showed us. Um, and, and really, each and every person there is partially is partially responsible for bringing us out of where we were, um, for bringing my wife and I out of some of the darkest, hardest experiences that we've ever gone through, and just the love that you showed through every single person there, Lord, because I know it was you, and I know it was them. I know it was all of everything, and uh, I'm grateful for that, Lord, and uh, I just— uh, I'm eternally grateful to you lord thank you so much for um for pastor jeff um for the the ministry that you've worked through him and for his his work that he's done in um in building up this great uh this great church and i just i look forward to working with him i look forward to learning from him and lord speak to me through him and Lord, um, help him to, uh, to be the best. I know that he's nervous at times. He mentions it. Uh, he didn't mention it here, but he's mentioned it, how he's nervous about having a staff, how he's nervous about having people that he's going to be working with. Um, and he's never had a staff before and doesn't know how he's going to do with that Lord. And I know that through you, he's going to do a great job. And I just ask that you continue to work with him and guide him in, uh, in this new, new journey, his own ministry. Uh, we thank you so much Lord for everything that you do for all of us in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you'd like further information on what our
1: church is all about, please visit hopeforvermont.org. Have a great day.